you bought tobacco and I think a pipe and you smoked in the garage and me and mom caught you? Yeah, yeah, that you did brought. happen. It smelled like we got out of the car when we pulled in the garage and we were like, interesting, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was poor planning on my part. And mom was like, don't mention it to him. Welcome to the Four Corners Crimecast, and we have a special episode for you this week. Um, Katie got a little bit of a host break until next time, but this is a very... Tomorrow? Until tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) This is a bonus episode. This is a bonus episode because we have a special guest in the studio this week. How's it going, guys? Uh, I'm David. I'm actually Katie's brother, visiting from Philadelphia. And in honor of that, we are going to take a little bit of a Jake research Rabbit a hole. Jake break? A Jake break. So we'll, we call this. Whatever. We're going to take a left turn at Jakesville Station, and we are going to uh, let him take over this week with all the research. And in honor of David being here, it is from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania? It is from it? Pennsylvania, and we will get into that. But yes, this is our second ever, I believe, podcast about a crime outside of the Four Corner States. So that's pretty cool. This one was recommended by Chris. He sent us an email, and he... And he's in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And what case are we covering? Let's start off with that. The Bucks County Killings. No, Bucks County. Do you know where that is? Uh, I do not. I'm still learning a lot of the area out there. It's northeast of Philadelphia. Northeast of Philadelphia? I have a question, though. Not far. Mm. Why are there so many, like, townships and... Like counties over there in Pennsylvania. Dude, he goes to school there. He's not the mayor. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've only been there for about a year and a half. Why are there so many like townships? townships and yeah, like why? Because I feel like townships are like way butted up next to each other, and there's like a weird. Isn't that the way it is in Utah? No, there are no townships in Utah. Oh. Okay. They always ask me questions about cities that I also cannot answer because it's yeah. not relevant to the research. I, I, this I really is. Can't. I have no idea. <clears throat> I really can't tell you. I mean, I would imagine because it's just, it's an older part of the country, so it was settled earlier, maybe there was more established townships, and... They all used to hmm. talk a little bit funny and be like, have an omelette. Omelette? <laughs> Jake can only do one accent, and he can only say one thing in that accent, and it's asking if you want half of an omelette. Are we sharing it with you? Is that why we only get half? Half an omelette. <laughs> do you only... Or have an omelette. Have an omelette. You can have the old thing if you like. Do you have to do like. the hand thing with it, too? <laughs> so you know if you're getting a whole or a half. Oh, okay. It's One part hand. of the accent, Katie. Half <laughs> an omelet, have an omelet. Okay. One hand, two I hands. The listeners might not be able to get that, but... Once again, <laughs> visual mediums and podcasts. And... All right. If you guys want us to live stream this so you can see the hand gestures. You can actually send us a, a request for that. We might not do it, but... <laughs> the girl at Circle K right now asked me if we had a YouTube channel. We do. Yes, we do. Oh, shit. I said no. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give her stickers, and she's going to hand them out to her customers and get fired for it. Cool. Every receipt she hands out or what? Yeah. Just a sticker? We need more then. She just needs to stick them on the back of people's cars when they come get gas. It's a good strategy. I mean, Katie gave me a bunch of stickers. I've been trying to distribute them in Philadelphia, so... Maybe that's what Chris heard heard about That's probably it. Maybe. Chris, if you saw a sticker in Philadelphia, that was for me. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, frankly, because I was wondering how the hell Chris found out about us. Yeah, I, I don't know. Organically. Organically, as I, I was told. I literally can just send him an email and ask. Send him an email. Do it while I'm talking. So, uh, you want to kick us off and start the episode? Yes. All right. So, let's start out with where did you do your research, what the story is, and uh, where are we in the world? Okay, so this story is the Bucks County Killings, and it takes place in July 
of 2017 in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. My research for this episode, unfortunately, there's not a book on this, and I would have read it if there was, but there's not a book on it. So all of my research came from the internet, and my sources included two articles from the New York Times, one written by Trip Gabriel, Matthew Hag, and John Hurdle. Bad names. <laughs> the other one was also written by Trip Gabriel, Matthew Hag, and Richard Perez Pena. Also, NBC 10 Philly, May 15th, 2018, this story was ran. There was no name. I looked all over the website on this thing for who wrote the story. There was no name. But it was an NBC 10 Philly story on May 15th, 2018. Okay. And I got a lot of information from it. And then the last thing was a uh, journal publication called The Morning Call. And an article written by Lori Mason. Uh, so those were the four main um, sources. There were a few other like little weird stuff that I found, but I didn't really use much of it. Weren't these referred to as the July 2017 Pennsylvania murders? That's oh. what I saw it called. Oh, I, I don't know. I just found it, like three articles that called them the Bucks County Killings. So that's what I called, I called them. them. I saw the backhoe murders. Ooh, I like that one even better. Interesting. I know the Investigation Discovery is making a documentary called the Bucks County Murders. So I think that's probably why people call it that. I think oh, I well. saw it. Yeah, I think I saw it as the Bucks County Murders. I actually saw this when I was still living in Arizona. and oh, really? Because, yeah, I saw the original story that said there was four people missing. And then I kind of just followed it along as they narrowed it down to this guy and then eventually arrested him. I see. I kind of remember it happening in the background, but I don't remember any specifics or anything like that. So I don't know why I focused on this story in particular and why I picked it out. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting at the time. Oh, it's going to be interesting. This shit gets crazy. About to get crazy. So as we already talked about, this week's story takes us out of the Four Corner States. And so we are going to a county in Pennsylvania called Bucks County, obviously, since it's called the Bucks County Killings. Cosmo DiNardo was born on January 21st, 1997 to Antonio and Sandra DiNardo. Both of Cosmo's parents were successful business people, with Sandra owning a trucking company called Bella Trucking and Antonio owning a concrete company called Metro Ready Mix. An obvious ideal match, the two partnered in a group venture, with Antonio supplying the concrete and Sandra providing the trucks to move said slushy silica. I forgot to look if concrete's made of silica, but I know it's got sand in it, so I'm going to roll with it. Combine all this with the fact that Antonio had inherited a large real estate portfolio from his late father, it is safe to say these motherfuckers were well off. Cosmo lived a seemingly normal life, described by friends as flashy yet generous, often giving friends cash or clothes. In elementary school, classmate Sabrina Gramiak recalled he was, quote, a normal boy who just got into minor trouble, also citing a time in the eighth grade when he was awarded the title of Peacemaker of the Month. Unfortunately, this wouldn't last. As the older he grew, the more others started to notice a swing towards violent tendencies. Now, doesn't it, doesn't it kind of make sense with uh, someone with, like, basically a sociopathic background to start out with something like a peacemaker of the month like does that follow in any sort of pattern not really i mean if he was super nice when he was younger usually you're bing bang boom you're kind of an asshole to start out <laughs> bing so, bang boom you're an asshole <laughs> i mean i think this is not so much him being psychopathic as it is him having money and getting everything he's wanted his entire life and so you don't think that kind of breeds a sociopathy among I mean, if you ask me, you don't breed sociopathy. You're you're born that way. You don't. It's not created. But doesn't this create? Does what I'm asking is like, does this kind of create an environment for someone to grow in that aspect when 
you can get whatever you want with a certain affluency. Affluency. I think you still learn how to feel. I mean, you're still empathic. You still learn that people have emotions and people are sad and you know how to cope with your own feelings. Because if you're straight and just psychopathic, you don't have emotions. You can portray them really well and pretend that you do, but you don't have them and you don't recognize them in other people. Interesting. But there's a difference between sociopathy and psychopathy, right? Like, I, mean, I mean, it depends on who you ask There it. are very successful sociopaths in the world. All of the successful people yeah. are sociopaths. I mean, technically, it's all umbrellaed under having antisocial personality disorders. Depends on, like, psychologist to psychologist who you ask. Some say that psychopathy and sociopathy are the same thing, and some argue that it's different. So okay. technically... Is it all in the pronunciation? Yes, for the record, it's psychopathy. It's not... Psychopathy? Psychopathy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to give you a chance to get me. that out there, because I know it drives <laughs> you nuts. So it depends on who you ask. Someone could technically be a sociopath and be a psychopath. Interesting. Okay. I, I also think it's kind of interesting that friends described him as flashy yet generous, and that he often gave his friends cash or clothes. Isn't it's it a little just, interesting that he just kind of... like started seemingly to buy his friends and kind of connect with people that way through material things through being able to buy his friendship i think it's always like that people are gonna i mean hoard towards someone with money that i mean rory buys me lunch every single day and look at how i always stick around rory and it's possible that he wasn't look at how he treats me (laughs) (laughs) it's possible he wasn't technically buying his friends it's possible that he genuinely wanted to give people things okay i have the money to do this you don't have the money why would i not give it to you so that's another reason that makes me think he's not well as as we'll find out later on i guess he's less of a more genuine person like he's not he's a very ingenuine person but continue on jake can i I tell you a quick story really quick about that like whole like don't you don't have the money for it so i'll buy it type thing The other day, there was a guy behind me in line at Circle K. Well, he was actually in front of me. He's like, you can go in front of me, bro. I got a bunch of change. And all he had in his hands were uh, like a pack of gum and like a thirst buster. So I was up there. I was like, this, this, and whatever that dude's got. And he says it up there. And uh, he's like, I got cigarettes, bro. And I was like, oh, well, go for it, man. (laughs) So I ended up fucking spending like 20 20 bucks on this dude when I thought I was going to help him out with like $3 That's probably how this guy was. He was probably like, oh, you need some sneakers? And they were like, no, I want those nice Air Jordans. And he was like, fuck, I don't want to spend that much. I'm just going to buy some fucking $40 Vans and now I have to spend $300 on shoes. I mean, he was also, what, like 12 at this point, so... Yeah, I mean, all his eighth grade friends are all his. Like, oh. yeah, he gave me ten bucks the other day. What's <laughs> up? Or, or unless his two. allowance was just like more than we all make, and he was I mean, just like, probably he just had the means to do it. So why the fuck not? You don't know what the value of money is when you're a child. I mean, yeah, he was described as a real estate and like fortune heir. So he had the chance to really just skate through life, fucking trust fund baby, but he fucked it up, as we will see. Yeah, murder usually does fuck up a good trust fund skating. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Depends on how good of a lawyer you can afford. When he was 15, Cosmo punched two strangers in the mall just for talking to his girlfriend. I mean, we've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, no, I thought your girlfriend punched Jake. That also happens, and so we've all been there. That wasn't his girlfriend, that was just a random girl. We've all been there yeah that's right rory can convince random girls to punch me in the face i have not i've never had someone punch i've never punched someone for talking to my girlfriend all right speaking of girlfriends 
That was another issue for Cosmo, the ladies. Amber Peters, whose boyfriend was friends with Cosmo, said he made unwanted advances to women on social media, often calling them hoes and trying to get them to hook up. These hoes today. <laughs> These hoes today. <laughs> None another, of them want to hook up. That's another money thing, though. I think thinking that he could just buy people off, he thinks that women want to sleep with him because he's got money. He's like, yo, ho, let me Venmo you. Is that how people talk in Philadelphia? Yeah, wait, can you give us a description of how people talk in Philadelphia? Well, specifically in Philadelphia? I yeah. mean, besides the wooter thing, it's pretty normal over there. What is a wooter? So, okay, nobody actually says this, but <laughs> but supposedly the Philadelphia slang is calling water wooter. <laughs> <laughs> spit take out of that <laughs> i'm not joking like it's, i've seen it on billboards like Idiots. advertising sorry things, chris and it's just some weird philadelphia thing even though nobody actually says that Nobody actually says wooter. No, I've never heard anyone okay. say wooter. Well, then they're not idiots. I'm thirsty for some wooter. <laughs> I think they got them confused with the, like the Wisconsin's. Yeah, that does. Wisconsinites. Wisconsin. Don't say Minnesota. I like Minnesota accents best, but <laughs> can you do a Philadelphia accent for us? I, that was it. That was just that was it. Wooter? Yeah, wooter? talking. Yeah, wooter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's only that one word they have an accent for, Are and you they gonna... don't actually say it. No, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, you're going to hear a Jersey accent way more. I'm sure Chris, since he's actually lived in the area for a lot longer than I have, probably. I can, can do a Boston accent. No, you can't. Chris, yes, I we can. need a video of you just speaking. Yeah, just hey, go fuck us. yourself. That's, <laughs> that's my Boston accent. That's, that does that sounds more New Jersey. Than hey, it. go fuck yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can't do accents. Otherwise, I would. Try. Now I know how Katie feels trying to get through a paragraph of this fucking script. How, would, how does a Philadelphia accent sound in my head? Hang on. Hey, <laughs> I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> what was that? That wasn't even an accent. I was trying to like accent. emulate some specific person. It's like something out of Monty Python or something. Do it again. Hey, I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> right? A gruff-voiced male with a pretty normal voice. Okay, well, that's what Philadelphia sounds like in my head. So you're welcome, Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, Every nailed state it. have its own specific sound in oh, your yeah. head? No, they're like, yeah, eagles. I, I've got Utah in my head. What no does matter. California sound like? Saw, bro. You don't got worry. California. <laughs> I'm curious. How about Florida? Oh, yeah. Dang on, sister. She dang on over there. Cousin showed up. Touched her hooters and stuff. Oh. Texas should be easy, all right? Actually, I'm trying to think of it. I can do Texas. Let's hear Texas. Well, you know, the best thing about them girls on the bus is that they let you lick their buttholes. Yep, that's all right. I can do Louisiana. Alaska? Ooh, Alaska's more like... <laughs> <laughs> all right. I Let's, think we uh, covered a good portion yeah. of the states there. We should actually that's get it. information in this podcast. <laughs> all right. Back to the womanizer, Cosmo DiNardo. Sarah Denner, a college student who met Cosmo during his first year at Arcadia University, said, quote, He texted me every day asking me to hang out. I eventually blocked his number because if he didn't get his way, he would get so upset. Another woman posted a series of messages showing Cosmo persistently bugging her for a date. When she told him to leave her alone, he, rep he replied, Why, babe? I'm pretty cute. So are you. I want to make 
babies ASAP. This guy was a winner. Many of his friends feel the turning point for Cosmo was when he was in an ATV accident and suffered a head injury about a year before the crimes. One of his longtime childhood friends, Chris Helmuth, specifically cited that his behavior post-ATV accident was the reason that they grew apart. So do we have any information as to what he did? All I know is that he wrecked his ATV out in the woods and was stuck in the woods for two days until he was found. Really? Yeah, that could change a person's life. That could change your personality. Broken Head arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he had a broken arm and broken pelvis or something. He had a couple of pretty fucked up bones. So I would say that he probably has not, he wasn't born sociopathic. He was probably hit his head really fucking hard when he crashed his ATV and Now that was, that was kind of towards the end. So that, I feel that might be more of a spurring point. Like he was a little bit nuts before and then all of a sudden. Now what, what age did he get in his ATV accident? I couldn't find an actual date for it, but everything I found said it was about a year to a year and a half before what we are about to discuss, which well, was... I, I I read an article that said that he had about 40 contacts with police in six years from ages 12 to 18. Wow. Yeah, he had a lot of contact with the police. Do so, we know? Was it just petty stuff? Oh, for the most part, when he was younger, yeah. Petty stuff, like him, you know, riding his ATV around the neighborhood or um, getting kicked out of certain schools and places he wasn't supposed to be and stuff like that. Hmm. So, I mean, just looking at his behavior towards women before, he's very pushy, he's very demanding, he knows what he wants, and he wants to get what he wants. So maybe a traumatic head injury just kind of removes that last little bit of impulse control. Yeah, he wants babies ASAP. Then you have a killer. I think, I still think it's money. I think people that have tons of money, they're going to run into the police all the time because they can do whatever the fuck they want. Okay. You pay a cop off. A cop off well, that's why I don't want to have tons of money. There I don't you go. want to run into the police all the time. So, affluenza. This is what this kid suffers from. He's too I thought that was a wealthy. disease that puppies get. No, affluenza. Not influenza. Affluenza. Uh, affluenza killer? Yeah, What's the puppy disease? What? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> distemper is what you're thinking of. But no. Distemper? <clears throat> all right. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that he had money and he got away with anything with his parents so why would he not with the police that's affluenza yeah that's yeah, the whole that's, defense for that that's why brock turner was allowed to rape some people behind some girl behind a dumpster and get away with it basically yeah he was mm-hmm. too rich to be not go back to school michelle carter and there was the affluenza teen yeah who got kid. off and then bailed to mexico yep so are we gonna roll that kid and we're gonna roll him into that that he i was, think we should part frankly. of like it's part of what is part of what um made him a killer was his um, affluence okay somewhere down in the in this script i've got that word cool I'll get to it all right let's uh continue on then. it should also be noted that cosmo did do a couple of stays in a mental hospital and multiple sources stated he had a history of schizophrenia as we get further into the details of this crime maybe katie can give some insight into how his crimes demonstrated this in the criminal justice system (laughs) do we do we know if he was like legitimately diagnosed as schizophrenic we have auditory visual i don't have a confirmation of that but i do have multiple sources that say family members said that he was well he he was involuntarily committed yes we do know that um at least once medicated yes and it will we'll go into it a little later, but there are some things that uh, actually lead into what happens later on. But let's say uh... Sean Kratz was born on Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety-seven, to Vanessa Amodea. He was the second cousin to Cosmo, 
although there is evidence the two barely knew each other growing up, DiNardo stating that they had only recently started hanging out. In fact, during his confession, DiNardo couldn't even recall which last name Kratz used. What so, do you mean by that? I couldn't find anything to really uh, explain it, but the only thing I can think is that like, when you're a cousin, you're like, oh, he's my second cousin, but I don't know. He's on this side of the family, so maybe he thought it was... Uh, yeah, like there's two names on each side of the family. Amodia or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Probably because his mom, I assume, wasn't married since she used not Kratz, so I assume probably it's because he wasn't sure if he used Kratz or Amadei. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, because no information was available on his father, so I believe it is safe to say that his dad was not involved in his life. Sean and his mother were cited as moving about the suburbs of Philly throughout his childhood. Time of the crimes, they were living in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Now, do you have any description of Ambler, Pennsylvania? Because to me, it just looks like some like that dude that's on the cover of the Grateful Dead album. Was it just the long legs? <laughs> and he's just ambling and across just Pennsylvania. Ambling across Pennsylvania. <laughs> Um, I don't have a description of that, but I do know that it is also just another suburb north of Philadelphia. Hmm, a lot of north of Philly. Yeah, all, this whole story pretty much takes place north of Philly in the most remote areas, the farm that... You live in Philadelphia, right? <laughs> I, I live in Philadelphia. What is what is the main just cover draw of Philadelphia? Like The main draw? The main draw for me was school, but... The Liberty Bell. <laughs> it's the Liberty Bell, absolutely. But <laughs> Wilford Brimley. He's from Utah. Shut up. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia. I actually really like Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is a big city, but it doesn't feel overpowering like New York does. And it's surprisingly affordable for a big city. Like, actually not that cost prohibitive to live in the city and, I don't know, have a decent lifestyle for not making that much money like I do as a student. So are you like a Sixers fan then? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get there. I haven't watched them too much, but I'm trying to get into the Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, all that. Is there anybody famous from Philadelphia? Anybody famous? Like in particular? Not like anybody. <laughs> like who's famous in Philadelphia? Like I can't even think of anything. Uh, I mean... The Liberty Bell. The, the Liberty Bell. Bell. <laughs> Meek Mill. He's from Philly. Is he still a thing? I thought he yeah. overdosed. No, that yeah. was a trippy mill. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> no, that was person. Juice Juice World. My bad. Juice World. Who the but fuck is that? That's the dude on the new Eminem the new album. M&M's, the new Eminem song that so, we talked about in the sports, sports, sports ha- have, you, have, you, have you been north to north of Philly, like to the suburbs that they're talking about? What's so No, I've never been this far north. Uh, I've been to the suburbs once or twice, but uh, keep in mind, I do not have a car. So I just walk everywhere in Philadelphia. So there's no way for me to really get out there or really no reason for me to go out there. Okay. Good. Do they have an, like a monorail or an something? L train? An L train or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got a couple of subways, some trolley lines. Uh, they've got a regional rail. So that will take you like all the way to Trenton, New Jersey if you want to go. Or you can go out to Damn. the suburbs. So you can head to Trenton, New Jersey. That's where I always wanted to go my whole life. <laughs> just stop it. Don't give a fuck New York on the way. <laughs> I don't think you pass through New York, do you? Probably, right? To get to Trenton? Yeah. No, you just go to Trenton. Trenton's like the midway point between like going to Phila- from Philadelphia to New York. I didn't pass uh, geography with flying colors. So technically you only go to Trenton if you want to get murdered, right? I've only been to Trenton so I could get to New York. And you didn't get off the train because you were afraid of getting murdered. I had to transfer trains by state at the station. And you were had an armed guard? Um... I felt relatively safe. Oh, okay. I, Trenton is fine. I'm not going to say anything bad about Trenton. I am. Trenton, New Jersey, <laughs> get your shit together. <laughs> David's thinking about his future political careers. I'm thinking about your careers on this podcast <laughs> and all your Trenton listeners. They're ruined already, I'm sure. 
Little is known about Sean's youngest years, but what we do know is that in his later teen years, he developed a flair for stealing shit. What type of shit? Uh, like literally shit. Yards. Mostly, he would break into houses and steal jewelry, or he would steal yard equipment. Oh, like so like lawnmowers, he... hedgers, echo chainsaws. So basically, he had like a, like a tweaker habit without doing meth. Pretty much. I mean, he's kind of looked like a meth head. I'm sure his picture will be up on our uh, Facebook and shit soon, so y'all can look at him. He does look a little methy. Wasn't it just his haircut, though, realistically? <laughs> it could have been, and he was just kind of skinny and yada yada. In June 2016, he was arrested for burglary and theft. Later that year, in December, he was arrested and charged with retail theft, receiving stolen property, possession of an instrument of crime, and possession of a controlled substance. Who thinks it was meth? What's a crime instrument? Instrument of crime, a crowbar, a pair of bolt cutters. Uh, I, I'm just imagining Bojack Horseman's like spy shit bag. <laughs> <laughs> All of that is an instrument is instruments of crime. Probably, or it's like that live PD when that guy got all bitchy about being pulled over while walking with his bolt cutters. You know, I actually oh, feel yeah. for that guy. Um, I don't think bolt cut, carrying around bolt cutters should be illegal in any state. I actually think that this. I think that Mr. Sean Kratz was probably carrying bolt cutters with a pocket full of meth. You literally just said bolt cutters were an instrument of crime, and then you said you shouldn't (laughs) stop from carrying them around? Anything is an instrument of crime. You just have to be a more creative criminal. I can kill Roy with this mic stand. Exactly. That's like pure steel. That's an instrument of crime is what I'm saying. But if he was carrying that around, they wouldn't be like, oh, shit. He's got a <laughs> mic stand. And like, what is that in his hand? It's actually used to, for a headphone rest. But, but what I'm saying is I don't that think that you should be stopped for carrying bolt cutters. That doesn't but seem... But it was illegal. It's stupid that it's illegal. There's bolt cutters have... Okay, okay, okay. okay. Right, well, we're not going to get into that. Sorry. I get to be the mediator and I like it. <laughs> I think it's in Pennsylvania that it's illegal to have a dog drink wine. So... That's a good rule, okay? Even if they like wine, just like humans, they shouldn't drink it. They just get mean. These were the only crimes he committed that were confirmed by an arrest. However, there were many other instances where people believed he had stolen from them. One such story was his former girlfriend's mother, who is to this day convinced he stole her beloved Yorkshire Terrier from her home on Benner Street. Other residents of that neighborhood recall him being a lanky kid who often wore a black hoodie, and they thought the worst of him for it, obviously. That's how people talk about me. (laughs) <laughs> probably and Rory what like when we were watching the cops the other day and Katie's like Rory put your hood down <laughs> <laughs> neighbor Amanda Stankavich that's a great name Stankavich Stankavich she said he literally tormented this block to me though this part of the story just sounds like some uppity Christians in the throes of some modern version of the satanic panic and they didn't like the dude with the black hoodie it sounds like he's told a lot of shit though yeah, I mean, yeah, probably he's, did, he's a walking thief. You would just have to read the quotes from these people, and it was just like, well, I think you guys are being a bit judgy. I Even mean, though he stole shit. Yeah. And murdered. Yeah, I mean, these okay, people Okay, maybe I'm the opposite of correct. judgy. I don't this know, just shows people... how not judgy I am, okay? It just shows that you sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> like, that's all this proves, is that these yes. people were right. Hard 90. 180? Yes, 180. No, that was a 90. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the months leading up to the crimes, Cosmo's friends noticed changes in his attitude and personality. As I previously said, many felt this was due to his ATV accident. In February of 2017, Cosmo was seen walking down the street shooting a shotgun in the air. What? All of these kids are just shitty people. Well, at least it's a shotgun and not a, r- a rifle. I mean, either way. I would way. rather have one single bullet come down than a bunch of fucking birdshot. Birdshot won't hurt you after it's been traveling a while. 
Yeah, just <laughs> raining down on you. I'd rather just nobody's shooting in the air when I'm just trying to water my plants in the That's neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. What if it's New Year's Eve? Just if, kidding. Don't shoot in the air what ever. What if it's our neighborhood? Yeah, well, that happens anyways. When approached by an officer, he admitted he was banned from having firearms due to his previous mental commitment. Point number one. Ooh, hard take coming from Rory. No, no, no. Point number one. Where where did he get this gun? Did he buy it himself? Do we know that? Well, he wasn't old enough, so I'm fairly confident it was his, it was his dad's gun. There's a lot of a lot of the parents of the victims in this case were pretty upset that he had such easy access to firearms. Okay, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that would be from his dad. He went off the deep end on social media, posting pictures with his firearms, posting videos himself ranting about revenge after getting into a fight at a club, and he was bloody in that, by the way. He was all covered in blood and shit. And ultimately, days before his crime spree, he posted a video in which he threatened to kill people who owed him money and didn't pay. He kind of had this thought that he was like a drug dealer. We'll get into that. Threatening to kill people was nothing new to Cosmo, though. Amber Peters said, quote, Cosmo's crazy. He's been talking about killing people since he was 14. Cosmo himself also made claims of killing two other people in Philadelphia when he was 15, but those claims cannot be confirmed, nor did the police find any cases matching his claims. So those are just kind of up in the air. He liked to brag about it, but he probably didn't do it. Cosmo seemingly had difficulty holding a job, and as an heir to a fortune, worked for his dad in the concrete business. This wasn't his style, though, and he moved on to, quote-unquote, selling firewood, a term his friends believe he used for selling drugs, Like I said, he wanted to be a drug dealer, and he was trying to move up in the drug world. This type of life change is never a positive one, and that brings us to the Independence Weekend of 2017. He's just a rich kid that wants to play a gangbanger, basically. Basically, yeah. He's he's like a rich kid who can't come to grips with the fact that he could just be a normal person and live a, a nice life and have money and shit. And yeah, he wants to sell drugs and be a badass, and he's just got some kind of ego issue mixed in with his everything else yeah that's what i was gonna say he just sounds like a bored rich kid in a kind of like smallish town probably run into some of those up there if you look hard enough i feel like they're probably all over the suburbs then you'd have to go to trenton (laughs) on july 5th 2017 jimmy taro patrick woke up with one thought for the day time to get stoned And that may not have been his exact thought and how it went, but that's what brought him into contact with former classmate Cosmo DiNardo. Jimmy contacted DiNardo, who was playing middleman to a player only identified as Carlos. Cosmo told Jimmy to bring eight grand, presumably to buy a ton of super dank weed. But Jimmy only brought 800 bucks, and this was a problem for old Cosmo, who was supposed to show up to his plug with 8,000. Thinking he was a slick motherfucker, he suggested selling Jimmy a shotgun instead. And as Jimmy was examining the shotgun, he picked it up and he was like acting like he was going to fire it. He was staring down the barrel or whatever. Cosmo shot him from nearly point blank right in the back. Jimmy fell to the ground and died on the spot. Cosmo then went and got his father's backhoe, buried the body, and burned the $800. We will now play an excerpt from this confession in which he talks about what he did after he shot Jimmy. I go get the backhoe. Dig the hole. You know, said a prayer, put him in the hole. Just a couple of days later, on July 7th, DiNardo was preparing for yet another drug deal. Part of that prep involved going grocery shopping for his grandmother. With 300 bucks worth of steak in tow, Cosmo went to Sean's home in Ambler to pick him up, and from there they went to deliver the groceries to their grandma. Pretty sweet of them. Just taking care of grandma. Did he only buy steak? Is that what you said that? <laughs> that was literally the only thing that was listed in what he bought, so... Steak. 
three hundred dollars. Grandma, <laughs> yeah. that's literally what the article I read said, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a lot of steak!" But I can fucking work with that it. That poor grandma. She's like, "I wanted <laughs> some yogurt." I just gotta pull my dentures tea. out. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> He's like, "Grandma, you're gonna need some extra fix a dent or whatever that shit's called." He probably thing. didn't even carry it in. He just left it on her doorstep, and she was like. Is this just steak? <laughs> Somebody left a bunch of meat on my porch. <laughs> After this, they went to meet Dean Finocchiaro to sell him some firewood. You mean weed? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yes, I mean weed. A quarter pound to be exact. The only thing was that old Cosmo only had half that on his person at the time. According to Sean, Cosmo's plan was to not sell him anything. Instead, they were going to rob him and possibly even kill him. Which to me is kind of weird, like... We're going to rob this guy and maybe kill him if I feel like it. Why is he robbing him if he's, like, rich kid? He just wanted to be a G. Was it Sean's idea, maybe? Because Sean likes to... No, Sean was Sean was uh, against most of this the whole time. I. It's probably him just wanting to be a fucking gangster. Like I've He's literally just this, trying but... to be what he can't be as, as a rich kid. Like, he's trying to put himself into hardships or something. I don't know. Cosmo made a point to tell Sean that if they did, in fact, kill him, it wouldn't be the first time he had done that. They drove Dean out to Cosmo's family farm, the same place he had he had buried Jimmy Patrick just two days before. They rode ATVs into the woods, and when they got there, Cosmo had told Sean to shoot Dean. Sean had a checkered past, but he certainly didn't consider himself a murderer, and he, proca- and he procrastinated shooting Dean. At this point, Donardo became agitated and led the other two into the barn under some false pretense of checking out a scooter, like an electric scooter. As they stood there, Cosmo gave Sean some fancy finger gun hand signals. Real sly. Let's hear in Sean's words what happened next. Uh, I pulled the gun out. No, I, I, I aimed it in the air, closed my eyes, and fired a shot. He doesn't sound extremely confident. Why does he talk like that? I don't I don't have any idea. I pulled the gun out. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so now we're making fun of people for their speech impediments? He doesn't. <laughs> I think it was only that, that one sentence, and then the rest of the time I, he talks like a normal person. I pulled my gun out. <laughs> I went to the wooter. Wait, you literally shit your gun out? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's just trying to make it not sound as terrible to the cops that are interrogating him. Well, you wanted to do it like R. Kelly? And I took out my gun! <laughs> That's how Cosmo basically did it. I guess you're right. I mean... I mean, just looking at a picture of this guy, I imagine that's how he would talk. Yeah. After this, despite the fact that in Cosmo's confession, he said, quote, He was dead. His head was split the hell open. Donardo then took the gun from Kratz and fired as many as five more shots into Fino Chiaro's lifeless body. Sean ran out of the barn puking as Cosmo laughed at his cousin's queasy stomach. After emptying Dean's pockets, probably just to get rid of any identifying items, they rolled his body in a tarp and used a backhoe to hoist him into a pig roaster. Like a smoker. Like one of the really, really big ones? Like a big old fucking barrel. What I was reading was that it was right outside the barn and that they had to use the backhoe to lift the body into it. So it must have been up high, elevated, some kind of a burn barrel type thing I'm thinking. That would just be my guess. At the same time, Cosmo's dad pulled into the driveway, and Cosmo went to try to distract him. As he approached, his father backed out of the driveway and left, but not before Cosmo saw a woman in the passenger seat who was not his mother. Ooh, he's bringing him out to the bang farm? The bang farm. Hmm. You gonna fuck in front of the pig roaster? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, you fuck on the pig roaster. Yeah, that's a sexy turn on right there. 
Mmm, cracklins. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Give me the rhymes. The woman probably did not stay with this guy after being driven out there. She thought no. she was about to get put in I the just pig Im- roaster. I just imagine, imagine Cosmo right now. Dad! Hey, Dad! Dad! She's like, like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And backs up real quick. He came back to the barn fuming that his father was, in his eyes, and more than likely being unfaithful, and stating he would kill them both. A little while later, Another kid, Tom Mayo, called Cosmo to arrange to get his smoke on. Keep in mind, I hate that she said that. <laughs> Kratz begged Denardo not to meet up with him, but Cosmo insisted that he was only going to rob him, and then he was going to let him go. So another, I'm just going to take everything from him and let him go. Even though they were only meeting to smoke? He no, he meeting... was buying weed to. Sm- he was buying weed so he could get his smoke on. Oh, okay. I thought you meant they were just. Meeting it was to another smoke. drug deal, but I was just trying to come up with a better way to explain that it was a drug deal. You know, he's trying to smoke up. Yeah, smoke like, on. You settled with get a smoke on. That's fine, <laughs> dude. I was, I was. Kratz didn't want to follow through with this, but as he stated in his confession, and understandably so, at this point he felt that he had no choice but to go along with Cosmo or risk his safety or that of his family. And he specifically cited that he had a year-and-a-half-old niece who he was concerned about. Nephew. He specifically cited that he had a year-and-a-half-old nephew that he was concerned about. So he was talking about he was worried that Cosmo was going to hurt his nephew? That's what he said. Because in the video, it sounded like he was saying that he was worried these two guys were going to hurt his nephew and Cosmo. Oh. Um, that's not what I got from everything I read, but it okay. could be that that's what he was trying to... Like He, he does seem to play the victim a lot, so... Definitely could have been trying to play that side. The interrogation, he said that, because that's what it sounded like, but I could be wrong. Unfortunately, Tom Mayo brought another kid with him, Mark Sturgis. And at this point, shit really hits the fan. The next clip is kind of long, but you won't get the same effect if I just read the words as you will if you listen to this worthless waste of air talk about it. They could sense something's not right. So, when they turn their backs on me, Mm -hmm. I shoot Tom in the back, drop him. Mark's like, what the? Uh, He was such a big kid, I unloaded the gun on him. So, he's paralyzed. He goes, I can't feel my legs, I can't feel my legs. I went and grabbed the machine, because he's screaming now. I mean, I'm surprised the neighbors didn't hear Why why aren't you shooting him again? I'm out of bolts. He's screaming, going crazy. Sean's like, got his head in his hands. I grab tobacco, you know, he sees that coming, just shuts up and I just run him over. I mean, damn. Pretty heartless. Do you think that's actually how it happened, though? Yeah, I honestly do. Was there an autopsy that proved? Because that doesn't sound like something, like, I can see shooting someone, but driving over somebody is, like, next level. I think this kid was next level. This kid, yeah, I think he was next level. I think that based on what he did with the bodies afterwards, and I honestly, I don't know, I couldn't find anything about the autopsy, but the bodies were roasted, so... Yeah, I mean, he just sounds excited, like, talking about it, right? Yeah, he sounds Kinda. like he's yeah. laying out, like, a really cool story. But it's not a cool story. It's it might just story. be, too, him trying, him just finally being able to talk about it. He's Literally, just happy just he can finally get... Word vomit, all of it out. Yeah. I mean, Fuck his, this guy. He had his cousin with him, though. Yeah, but think? I highly doubt, if he's puking, I highly doubt he wanted to <laughs> think about it ever again. Oh, well, yeah. Let's get a fuck this guy, David. Let's hear it. Fuck this guy. At this point, Donardo added the two bodies to the pig roaster, doused them with gasoline, and set it ablaze. He used a torch to melt their phones and incinerate Mayo's vehicle registration. All that was left was a pack of smokes belonging to one of the dead boys, and Cosmo offered those to his cousin, who declined. Why his registration? 
he had it on him? Or was it out of the car? You know, I couldn't find any information about what they did with the car. It was uh, I thought it was kind of weird. Because you'd have to pull the plate and burn the registration and the oh, VIN. No, actually, I do know what happened. What happened was that he actually picked them up down like down the road. He, I don't know what he told them, but he, he went and picked them up. I don't think Kratz wanted him. Did, Kratz didn't want to like see them come up. So he went and got them, brought them to the house, and then that's where it all went down. So then he must have had the registration in his pocket. That's interesting. After that, it was time for a road trip. Donardo went to the gas station for snacks and drinks, along with some cigarettes for Kratz, since he was so ungrateful and turned down the dead man's cigarettes. They slept at Donardo's house that night, since nothing goes with murder like a good old-fashioned sleepover. Oh, how cute. I wonder what that slumber party talk was like. It was probably just Kratz puking all night. Yeah, they're just playing <laughs> telephone with each other. <laughs> He's like, it smells like pig and roasted flesh and puke in here. You know, I've always kind of wondered what burning human meat smells like. It probably smells just like a pig. Sounds We're like all it. fatty, mm. some of us. Don't say mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Rory thought about being a cannibal for the 15th time in his life. I that's told, right, I, it's I, not I, new. I probably told this story before, but I used to like really like daze out like in oh, class and like daydream. Oh, God and damn it. Was, you have told this story on every podcast. <laughs> I, so I was sitting behind this bigger girl in my... Uh, my like eleventh grade English class, I think. Or you know story? Have you heard this story? I've actually heard this story. I'm not sure how, but I have heard <laughs> it. Probably on one of our episodes. Yes, it was on our podcast. I know. Anyway, so I used to daydream really hard, and I had this daydream where I just sort of scooped the fat out of this girl's back and just with a melon baller. With like a no, it was like a, like a grapefruit spoon, <laughs> and uh, just sort of chewed on it and kept doing it, and that was like a like a fifteen minute like mind break for me. Anyway, so I understand. Imagine if you use the other 90% of your brain. I know. <laughs> what do you dream about? Oh, all sorts of weird So shit. much worse than his daydreams. You don't want to know. No, my daydreams. You're unconscious. I don't even want to know what goes on there. Well, I smoke myself to sleep every night, so I don't know what goes on in there. <laughs> Ditto. The next day, July 8th, Cosmo woke up and decided he wanted a haircut. First, though, he had to wash his truck. Obviously, he was worried about dirt, I guess, on his truck and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just a routine. You got to wash your truck and then get a haircut. No, he seemed worried about getting the mud off of his truck. I don't know why. It seems at this point that Kratz almost consciously decided to get rid of evidence in places that could implicate him. He threw the victim's IDs in a sewer outside his uncle's barbershop when his good buddy was getting a fade. And let Cosmo hide the gun he used in the murders at his mother's house in Ambler. Hold on. So he had the IDs, but he burned their registration and everything else? And then he was like, oh, yeah, let's put this gun, not in the sewer, but at your mom's house. And he threw the IDs in the sewer when he just burned everything else. Yeah, nothing about the way he got rid of stuff makes any sense at all. Plastic doesn't smell good when it burns, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would be my worst con- or my biggest concern also. Like, oh no, that's going to stink. Don't burn it. Hey, you don't want to burn that over that sweet. Not you were worried that he just kept the gun. Everything else, he was like, got to get rid of it. But <laughs> if they had gun, okay. why don't you bury the gun in the fucking woods? Or in the hole that you dug to put Down four in fucking bodies in. Worried there was evidence on or in his truck, Cosmo then went and got another car wash. This time he paid someone else to wash it because he'd already done the first wash himself. Word began to spread of the missing boys, and somehow it also became quickly known that Donardo was the last person to have been seen with him. Somebody saw him. I'm not exactly sure who, but... I assume if you're a drug dealer and everyone 
knows you're a drug dealer because you brag about it, and then someone says, I'm going to go get some weed. You're in a tiny county. Everyone's going to be like, oh, he's going to Cosmo's house. That's probably true. They're like, well, he said he was going to Cosmo's house to pick up a ton of marijuana. It wasn't until he saw his mother, though, that he became aware that people were already on to him, and it shook him up. He was insistent that they return to the farm, dispose of the bodies, and any other evidence. Sean, again, didn't want to go, but Cosmo was insistent. When they got there, Donardo jumped back into his beloved backhoe and set to burying the smoldering remains. They took a couple of other guns back to Sean's mother's house and hid them there. The cops later found that those guns were also used, and he was just using all his guns, apparently, in these murders, because all the bullets were implicated, or, like, they found bullets from all the guns in the victims. Sean later moved the guns to a different location. Probably somewhere stupid, his grandma's house. Little steak. Yeah, we just buried them in the freezer under the steak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the freezer doesn't close because there's a shotgun in it. She's like, whatever, it's fine. Just two, a double barrel sticking out. <laughs> on July 10th, Cosmo Donardo was arrested on a lesser weapons charge and taken in for questioning. After just an hour and a half, Mr. Effluent caved to pressure and confessed to all four murders. At this point, in the ultimate act of family love, he threw his cousin under the bus and took him down with him. He caved after only an hour and a half? Yeah, he did not have much uh, intestinal fortitude. Testicular fortitude. He probably wanted to talk about it with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like Katie's over here, he was just weighing on his troubled mind. Well, he's probably, <laughs> he was probably really proud of himself. Like, he was really proud of himself for trying to be a drug dealer. And he was like, yeah, bitch, I killed them. They're like, you know, you're supposed to wait till you get on the yard to start telling everybody what you did. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 officer, come here. Let me tell you. Let me tell you where where the bodies are. Donardo was charged with all four murders, and Kratz charged with the latter three that he was involved in. Donardo exchanged the location of Jimmy Patrick's body, which was the first first person, the first kid he killed, and he had buried that body separately from the other ones. He didn't burn that one, did he? he that one wasn't him. burned either. Yeah, he just buried that one. Uh, so he exchanged the location of that body in a deal with the DA to take the death penalty off the table. And on May 16, 2018, in an emotional trial in which all the victim's family spent hours on the stand giving impact statements and not pulling any punches when it came to their disdain for the defendant, Cosmo DiNardo was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. They were giving it to him on the stands. He pled guilty? He pled guilty, yeah. Okay, so he only had a sentencing? Yeah, it was just a, uh, impact statements and sentencing, pretty much, I think. And I think in one of the like one of like his later recorded tapes, I heard him say something like, I, I, a stupid mistake ruined my life. Like, he didn't even yeah, take ownership. Yeah, he said, my, whole, my, my life is over. It's a waste for... now. I wasted my life. Yeah, just like that. Wasted my whole life, basically. Wasn't he fake crying, too? Oh, yeah, this dude like, fake just about it? everything. In what many feel was a rehearsed apology, he said, and I quote, If there is anything I could do to take back what occurred on those days, I would. I hope they would find some peace in knowing that I'm just genuinely, I can't even come to terms with what occurred. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What a little bitch. Yeah. The judge, Jeffrey Finley, wasn't buying it, though, and he said that the apology was insincere and that human lives had no value to Cosmo. Also stating that if he were allowed back into society, he thought that he would no doubt kill again. I honestly think he's probably right about that, too. Yeah, he killed three or four people in, like, a weekend. Four days, yeah. yeah. Maybe after seeing the inside of a prison cell, he might change his mind. I don't know. I think being so young, going to prison would genuinely affect him, and he would maybe not do it again, just... 
Or at least not do it again for a while. I don't know. Aaron Hernandez didn't seem too affected by going to prison young. He just killed himself. Yeah, that's definitely that's... not affected. No. <laughs> Completely unaffected. He killed himself so his family would get the money. Okay. Sure. So, didn't they not get the money? Yeah, you don't get money. Yeah, you don't get the money. Aaron Hernandez was an idiot, but Sean Kratz was also charged with murder. He did not accept the plea deal, though, and his case went to trial. After a setback where DiNardo refused to testify against him, the case pushed forward, and on November 18th, 2019, Kratz was charged with first and secondary murder for, for the murder of Dean Finicchiaro and involuntary manslaughter for Tom Mayo and Mark Sturgis. He received life without the possibility of parole, an additional 18 to 36 years for other charges stemming from the crimes. He never issued an apology to the family. That's crazy. So what do you think of Sean Kratz's involvement? How, how deep do you think he actually went? Do you think he shot some of the guns? Do you think he really... Well, he definitely shot Finocchiaro. I tended to believe that he was kind of just being drug along in it, but that wasn't necessarily because of his personality. It was more because of DiNardo's personality. People follow him because he's, he's, got, he's got charisma, I guess you would say. Like, he's yeah, he's rich. He's got money. He's got, he throws money at everything, probably, and people just follow him because of that. So I kind of felt like that, but at the same time... You know, when you get to the end of it and he never even so much as issued an apology, it's kind of like, fuck this guy. Yeah. So he was charged with first and second degree for one person? Yeah, isn't that weird? No. I've never heard of that before. First degree for one person, second degree for the other two. Without, because you can't technically, you can't be charged with first and second, because first is premeditation, second well, is just murder. that's what I thought murder. too, but it, they were literally, no, were it could probably be first degree because it was in the commission of a felony since they were robbing that's them. That's felony murder, that's not first degree murder. They're two totally separate charges. Yeah. Well, I guess that might be something that I have to get farther into. And if he into. was charged with felony murder, he also wouldn't be charged with second degree. He would be charged with felony murder and the other crime he was committing while he committed the felony murder. I promise to get to the bottom of this by the time we record our regular episode this week, and I'll let everybody know. All right, so is that going to do us for uh, Cosmo DiNardo and Sean Kratz? That wraps it up on our Cosmo DiNardo Bucks County Killing bonus David Renner in Tucson, Arizona episode. All right, well, cool. Thanks, Jake. So if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to send us an email at fourcornerscrimecast at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R cornerscrimecast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fourcornerscrimecast and on Instagram at fourcornerscrimecast. And as always, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. You know, just just love us everywhere you go. That's really all there is to it. Whether you're in the Four Corner States or in Philadelphia, just out there trying not to be murdered and buried in a farm. And uh, thank you to our special guest, David, for coming special all the way guest, from David. Philadelphia. Yes. What do you got to say? What do yeah. you think? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was fun covering a crime from my now home state. Hell yeah. Came all the way from Philadelphia just to do this podcast. <laughs> just for this podcast. Yeah. Just Crazy. because I, I love these crimes so much. This is, the yeah. most, <laughs> this is the most expensive podcast we've done to date. Yeah, you guys, we're going to start a Patreon. Are we? No. Oh. I was going to say, we're going to start a Patreon to pay for his Just so his David can ticket. come back every, yeah. Thursday, or every Friday for recording. We only need like $300 and then we can close it down. Yes. 300 a month. Oh yeah, that makes sense. All right, guys. <laughs> Have a good one. Uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Goodbye. Adios, motherfuckers. <laughs>